On this episode of Rising Week, we talk about a DIY version of the Amazon Alexa. Also, how do integrators retain and motivate their employees and how to help your clients do their own homework. All that and more next on Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, Episode 9, recorded Monday, March 28, 2016. Alexa Skynet. Resi Week is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like Crestron. This is Resi Week, the weekly look at the residential uh, aspects of the uh, audiovisual industry. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host with us this week. First and foremost, Miss Heather, Heather Sidorowitz uh, uh, from Upper New York. You know her on Twitter as TechChi. Good morning, ma'am. Or afternoon, rather. Good morning. Or, yes, good afternoon. afternoon. How are you today? Good, good. Also with us. Living the dream? Huh? Yes, <laughs> living the dream. Um, also with us uh, is my buddy and pal from uh, New York, New Jersey area, Todd Anthony Puma. Hello, sir. How you doing, Tim? Good. Thanks for having me. Uh, and last but not least, a, a first-timer here, so please be nice to him, you two veterans, you. Uh, his name is Jason Knott. He is the uh, chief muckety-muck over at CE Pro Magazine. Hello, sir. Thanks for having me. Finally, finally, <laughs> I made it. I've made the big time. Well, so, yeah, so this is episode nine of Resi Week, and it's weird, right? I, I, I typically did not do residential folks on AV Week. And so Jason is is clearly an ESCE pro has been around forever and a day. Uh, clearly a, a residential uh, market magazine. And so I I met Jason a couple of years ago. I think at one of the CEI CE summits. Uh, met him in person for the first time. Good guy. And and yeah, finally finally get him on. So uh, yeah, I met when I met Tim. You actually had a a bow and arrow in your hand, oh, and so I was a little nervous. But uh, <laughs> you had a little. Team building bow and arrow episode. It was neat. It was that was thanks to uh, our good friend Jeremy Burkhart um, uh, from uh, uh, Origin Acoustics. That was the end of that CEI summit, and yeah, we we got to shoot bow and arrows. I don't think I hit anybody, but you know, well, sounds like Jeremy. Yes, yeah, it definitely fun. sounds like. If you don't know, that's who, actually one of the tamer things that Jeremy does. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. That's all I'm going to say about that. Let's move on to the stories. <laughs> Uh, so here's on this one, we're going to we'll kick off with, with this kind of DIY thing. Um, it comes to us from the verge. Amazon has posted something on, on their website on how to build an echo speaker. Um, if you're not familiar with what echo is, echo is their Alexa, right? Alexa is where you can walk in. Hi, Alexa, you know, turn on my lights or hi, Alexa, turn on my security system or, or order me, you know, a sandwich or whatever for Amazon, right? It's an Amazon now product. Now you just did that I in know. countless people's house. Well, I don't have an Alexa, so I, I don't know what I, <laughs> I did. Um, Janet Brothers. <laughs> but I, here's the thing. The fact that they, they posted this DIY uh, piece, right, um, is kind of interesting. And the, the, the idea here is that you can take a Raspberry Pi. Let's get specific here. You have to take a Raspberry Pi and a couple of uh, a USB microphone and, and uh, a USB speaker. And you can build your own Alexa. Now, Alexa, the the, the proper one, I think, is $180. They're coming out with a, a mini micro version for $130 here uh, real quickly. But what it, 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 why I grabbed it is the fact that they are introducing, in effect, um, 
third parties, right? The ability to build and code for Alexa via a third party or a, or a secondary piece. Todd, we're going to start with you. How, how, you know, how does this, um, this DIY, what does it tell us about how Amazon is looking at or courting this whole third party thing, whether that's you know, Crestron or Control 4 or somebody else maybe? Well, they understand that there's an opportunity and not only the DIY market because customers are looking for voice activation. If current clients that are looking for um, you know, the voice activation through Alexa and they currently have a system like Crestron, this is an offering to get in everyone's home. Um, also gives them more exposure uh, where they wouldn't have it before. Uh, the term DIY, I, I don't like using it anymore because it's not something you could do yourself. It's something you need assistance on, something you need to train on. It's something that you can't just pick it up and go like an iPhone. It's not that easy to set up. Electronics need guys like us. Uh, what Amazon does understand is that they are going to need to branch out just out of the streaming services and music and start getting lighting control locks and you know all us Crestron, Control 4, and so on dealers uh, and embrace the programming or programmable market of products uh, and you know with this new product with Alexa and Dot I think it was called uh, that just came out is a $79 piece which I'm assuming is similar to this that could go throughout the home so if you do have a control system like Crestron and you're speaking to it turn on lights you know turn on television turn on to this channel you don't have this big two laying around your home that's kind of going to ruin the aesthetics and your wife's going to kick you out of the house for making the home uglier, um, which we all don't want. Um, and you know what? I'm embracing this. I'm actually for it. I'm never for products like this. But you know what? I embraced Apple and we sell Apple TVs on every home. It's a it's a good door op, uh, opener and it's been a great solution. And Alexa is something that I'm looking forward to. Jason, uh, Todd made some made a, a comment there about about I get my hat on. Yeah, oh, thank you very much, Todd. If you're not <laughs> if you're not watching the video, Todd has a has a hat with an AV Tweeps sticker on it. Um, if you yeah, want, I want one, to get my outfit on, s send one to send a, a request to Chris Neto. He has all the stickers. So, um, Todd or uh, Jason, Todd mentioned the fact that that he's kind of he doesn't like the DIY moniker and I, I kind of get that. I kind of don't. Uh, we have a show called DIY, right, where we show folks how to do stuff. Is this maybe something then uh, a a pathway for integrators to to take this right and um, to build their own Alexa like device? Well, I think Todd kind of hit it right on that um, it's for an integrator. He should a hundred percent be aware of that there are there are paths out there like this. But I kind of looked at this a little bit differently. So I actually clicked through the link and I looked at it. It was. 51 pages of instruction <laughs> to set this up. And then, of course, you know, uh, uh, Tim, show the picture back of what yep. it looked like. You know, it's not exactly... Well, it's not you know, pretty, no. A pretty thing. And so I'm being... Here's my the cynic in me. I'm, I'm wondering if part of the attempt was that Amazon is, is showing this to kind of upfront show... Mm -hmm. All the, the Uber nerds, the Uber geeks, the guys living in their mom's basement. Yeah, guess what? This is possible, and you can build this on your own. But at the same time, I also added up all the product components they tell you to buy for that, and it was 63 bucks. So at the same time, for another 100 and something bucks, you can actually get the full finished product, the real deal, the, the, the Echo, 
that looks really nice and is tried and, and true. And in fact, in some of the, the steps they were saying, they were saying some of the some of the things didn't quite work and all this kind of stuff. So part of the cynic in me thinks that they were doing this to really show you to say, yeah, you could build one yourself if you really wanted to. But guess what? For about 120 bucks more, you get the real deal. Um, so, you know, buy a few less porno magazines and a few less cases of Mountain Dew and you can do it. You can buy it yourself. Wow. That's that's Jason Knott at CEPro.com. All right. Uh, it, it's it's and it, you make a good point for a hundred bucks extra and, and he's right the 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 retail price of a lot of the pro components was about 60 70 bucks for an extra hundred bucks you can get the actual product and and like I said that they're coming out with a light version for 130 so even less than that here coming yeah. soon uh all right Heather uh down to you on on this which which side do you do you land on this <clears throat> well I you know I I'm I'm with the guys here that I, I don't think that this is so much do it yourself for the average human being, the, the mass market, because so many of them, they don't even, they're not even watching HD channels and they think they are. So <laughs> no, the people that we see every day, you know, they don't know what an Apple TV is. The last person that walked in our store today said, Hey, I want to cut the cord to cable, but I don't know what streaming is. Okay. So this is where the mass market's at. These are the people who are walking in, um, so they're not built. They don't even, you know, raspberry pie. They're going to think that's a dessert, um, not not it. certainly something they can uh, put together. So but but what I think Echo is doing is this is next generation stuff, too. My, we have uh, an, an Amazon Echo at our and it sits in like our breakfast island. And I my girls are they're eight and nine years old and they talk to her. They say good morning to her every morning because every morning she has a tidbit. She has some kind of piece of information today is lady gaga's birthday and she was born this way um, <laughs> oh jeez. today so you know they're going to grow up just like they don't know they're not going to know what channel surfing is they're not going to know what commercials are because all they watch is netflix the same thing is they're going to they're going to grow up with understanding voice recognition certainly more than any of us do um so as these children or even the millennials i think that this is this is smart i think voice recognition is going to be big and I think that Amazon's growing and, and doing that and I'm surprised we haven't seen more from Google from um, from Apple I'm surprised we're not seeing more devices like this well Josh is out right uh, did you ever hear of Josh yet? the artificial intelligence I've heard of it yeah but even Josh is um, it's not one of the main ones out there yet right That's Todd fair. do you have Echo do you have Amazon or yes. uh, you do yes I'm and actually working with it now is it, are the kids playing with it? Uh, I haven't got to that point because it's kind of my toy for the moment. Look <laughs> <laughs> it up in like your kitchen and watch your kids play with it. Okay. I, that's, I mean, that's it's really fascinating because that's how your clients are going to play, play with it too. Right? And it's me, their children who are going to ask. And, can, and let, me, ask let me ask a, a Todd and, and, and Heather this question. What do you feel? I think voice control is progressing so rapidly and I agree with the echo is, is so great, but is this completely just wiped out the the thunder completely from the Apple Watch that, you know, 18 months ago was like, whoa, here is the new interface. Now you don't hear you don't hear a lot of people talking about Apple Watch for for home automation. I I agree. The Apple Watch I think was disappointing. Uh, the way it was brought to market was exciting. There was a lot of overpromising, and then once you got it, you're like, what the what is this thing? It doesn't do anything. I, I automation. I, I can't even control anything on it. So its thunder was lost. Uh, I think the way to get to market was poor. 
Um, and sometimes when you oversell something, there's a big disappointment when it doesn't reach those levels for people. Uh, the Amazon, you know, anything with voice control, customers every day, even before Amazon came out with Alexa, has been something they've been asking for. Hey, can I control my house and tell it to turn the lights on? Do this, do that. The one question I always ask my customers is, Jörg, and you want to talk more when you're done with the day? Don't you just want to sit back and relax? Because your mind is moving. When you're telling something to turn on or you're telling something to do a, a step, that takes a thought, right? When you're using a remote control, your brain is kind of doing it naturally. It's like walking or riding a bike or whatever it may be. You're kind of getting in the driver's seat at that point, and you're doing an extra step that's going to make you even ment more mentally stressed out. Uh, you know, I think that this is great. People do want it, but once they get it, they're not going to use it because, it, I like I said – Todd, I think it depends on where you're using it too. Because I agree, like I like my remote in my living room. Right. But when I'm in the kitchen and I'm making dinner <clears> and I'm running around and I can say, Alexa, add milk to my shopping list and it's there and I'm doing two things at once now as my ADD brain goes, it, you know, that's the part that makes it a, a bit of a, the beginnings of a game changer for me. Now, you can't, there's no Sonos. Like I think that would be a huge game changer is if, uh, Alexa and Sonos work together, um, that I could come in, onload groceries and say, Alexa, play Sonos Lady Gaga and Station and, and or play Shuffle. Those are, that's really what's going to start to change the game. When we have to stop worrying about getting the phone out and pressing a button or three and being able to use those kind of recognition. But, but Art, don't you? Go oh, ahead, sorry. Go. No, go, go. Don't you have a fear, like anything, even right now with programming and the way things are built, uh, all these companies really don't work that well together, even though they say they work great. Now, we're going to take voice operation, promise to a customer, say, hey, turn on Pandora to whatever, hit station 80s. And it's not going to do that. The customers are going to call us just like the cable companies. We're relying on this third-party manufacturer that there's – Pardon me for saying this, but there's no margin to be put into it, and we're going to be dealing with all the service calls. We're the first end of when there's a service-related issue. We take care of more problems for cable, vision, Comcast, oh, and Fios, and we yep. should be paid for all yep. the calls yes. that we don't yeah, get sent to them. I'm plugging, plugging back in. <laughs> yeah, but see what we're doing, and the same thing's going to happen with Amazon. I think it's I, or not Amazon. Anyone with this voice control is we're going to be engraved into solving their issues and then we're going to have to up our pricing to support these kind of related issues and i'm afraid to add anything into my system that i am not taking control of 100 percent. that a firmware update might screw up the user user experience and then will disservice myself and lower my rating to my customers because of some other service but or don't some you other think provider we don't really have a choice i mean we it's don't. great that we don't want to but we don't really at this end of the day do we have a choice you know, right it, this industry is very much change or die and that's right. what it has to be is we have to stop thinking about product and start thinking about service and say great i can i'd love to talk you through this and i don't know maybe it becomes an i gotta charge you for my phone call because this is where we make our money now and it's not off this tangible product anymore right i don't know it's gonna. It's it's definitely changing. Let me let me it, say this. Is it isn't this kind of where your value comes in though as integrators, right? Comes back to this integrator part. Uh, and I think last week on the Resi Week, we we hit one of Todd's stories about what to call yourselves, what to call residential uh, integrators. Um, there are companies now. Um, I know that Clear Control showed uh, integration with Alexa. I know that you can do some with with Control Four, um, and 
something tells me that you can do it with Crestron, even though you may have to jump through some hoops and do some coding. That's the integration part, right? You guys are right. I've got a three-year-old um, Ford, right? It has Ford, um, oh, uh, my Ford uh, Touch in it, right? It's voice. Right? It's a three-year-old car. It, that, that means that people have been on the road for at least three or four years with this integrated in, 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 in their driving experience. I think I think you guys are right in the fact that they're going to take that and, and and people are getting used to that. You know, Generation Z, which are uh, Heather and and Todd, your kids, and Jason, your kids, and my kids. That's that's the generation, not the millennials. Those are the folks. Not those are not the folks we have to worry about anymore. It is that next generation coming up, who really and truly have lived without the internet, or have not lived without the internet. Really, truly have not lived without smart devices, and now they're getting used to talking to inanimate objects and expecting a response and expecting just the back end to work, whether it's Lady Gaga's birthday or, you know, my kids can, can push a button and, um, you know, they can change the channel uh, in my in my car. Um, Todd, isn't isn't that kind of what you guys do? I mean, isn't, isn't that like the next evolution of, of the home integrator? It is what we do, but don't forget, selling the value is a lot harder than it was when there was less of us. There is more integrators out there, you know, now, you know, everybody's an integrator. Back when I first started 12 years ago, you couldn't throw a rock and hit an integrator. It would be literally one integrator every 20 miles. Now it's a, there's an integrator every 20 steps you make. Uh, electricians, uh, you know, plumbers, uh, HVAC guys, which I guess are. I'm similar, sorry, plumbers? Plumbers are getting into this with the Nest and, you know, uh, the HVAC. Okay. Um, Everybody is taking a part of our industry and making it into theirs, and they're they want in because they understand there's profitability, but it's also killing the value of this industry. And because everybody's offering it, there's another service out there. Customers only read or research what they want to kind of make better for their price point. Um, they don't realize that. We have the experience. We are the professionals. When there's a guy out there for 12 years in business and there's a guy out there for one year in business, you, that's where you do your homework. You can't do your homework anymore on – sorry to say that I never compare two brands, but Control 4 versus Crestron. Those, that doesn't matter anymore. The brands don't matter. It's just a product. It's just a black case. All those black cases are behind me. They light up and they don't do much to the customer. They're just something that's taking up space. Where the value is and the research needs to be made is in the integrators, how long they've been in business, you know, what we found on them online, what services they're offering, what experience they have, where is their level of experience, and no longer put into, okay, this product, okay, it works. It's $50 a setup or $250 a setup. There's, that's where the homework needs to be laid, not no longer in the products and integrating the products together because anyone could do it, any brand could do it to a, you know, can do it somewhat well not great and i don't even know i'm kind of lost in my thought right there <laughs> i just went into my head and then watched it, it was, was a good say. run while you had it there bud it really yeah, was that, poof that's yeah. the way the dog went away all right Sorry. Let's, let's move on to your one of Jason's. That kind of segues the, us to Todd's article. It does. It, it, yeah. it does. It's, well, we'll go there. I was going to go someplace about but let's do that. Um, Todd wrote a, a nice piece about doing, doing this very thing, doing your homework. Um, so, and, and the story, real quickly, is, is and I'm going to synopsize Todd's own words. I don't know why I'm doing that. He's here. Um, 
you had a client, you, you, you gave them a proposal, the, the GC or the, the contractor gave them a different proposal. Their proposal was markedly less than yours, and then you looked at the proposal and it was, there were glaring holes, right? There was no power for the, for the WAPs. There was you know, other, other things missing. And, and you asked a good question, and I'm going to ask the same one back to you guys. Um, how do you help your clients do their own homework? Uh, Heather, we'll, we'll start with you and we'll end with Todd on this. How, Heather, how do you help your clients if in a situation like this or, or something else where, where you've got a, a situation where you're, you're helping the client, you know, through a process and yes, price does, does matter, but so does the performance of the system. Um, something that I have learned over my 14, 15 years here is every client is not your client. Um, so a lot of this has to do with that I have found that's working for us is that your clients have to be partners. So it, it comes to the relationship you create with the clients themselves. And some of them are gonna look at you as in you work for me or you do what you told. For us, those are not our clients and we have to let them go. I had a similar situation happen, um, Todd, to your story, not so long ago that we did a crush run system over three years for a client. Um, this is ridiculous. Like, buildings underground and tunnels that connect other buildings and he added on additional buildings underground and said hey I want this crush run in these other three rooms and we price quoted him he said well for a different independent non-crush run system I got a quote that was half as much so I'm going to go with them now that completely had holes in it and there is no chance that they're going to be able to connect these systems but the client at the end of the day no longer wanted to be a partner and come up with the right solution they wanted the cheaper price and at that point you say great good luck to you we're here because you're going to call us later and nine times out of ten in my experience they uh they come back so i've had this happen over the years of clients that feel that they've been wronged or they disagree or they have a better solution and they leave and you say good luck to you and you burn no bridges and I find that these clients tend a few years later come back and go, yeah, I made the wrong decision. Can I come with you now? And sometimes we say yes, and it changes the relationship. And other times I've said absolutely not. And that's a really, really hard thing to learn. Yeah, and you got to get burned probably once or twice before you're able to do that. But uh, I think it was Rich Fergoso who said, sometimes your most profitable uh, job is the one you don't take. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's valued. That, that's, that's absolutely valid. Jason, uh, you've heard numerous stories over the years. How would you advise integrators to, to help educate their clients? Well, I, you know, I think this is a great article, uh, by the way, and, and I kind of just looking at it from even a bigger picture perspective and kind of leading in, uh, based upon what Todd was, was mentioning a few seconds ago, I find it interesting to, to juxtapose this compared to what you see in the security industry. So in the security industry, it is a heavily licensed industry. So uh, most states, I think it's about 36 of the states actually have licensing in place, whereas the low voltage industry has shunned away from that. Um, and in the security space, you actually find security integrators who work hand in hand with the licensing bureau to set up stings to uh, try and catch unlicensed uh, security integrators submitting bids on projects, whether they're, they're residential residential, or even big, large consumer ones. And so I kind of put this in and I would ask this question back to, to Todd and Heather and what their thoughts are. 
is this industry, and again, as much as I'm a person who loves free enterprise and doesn't like the, the government intrusion, but if, if we're to the point where we have an integrator every 20 feet, as you say, Todd, is, is the low voltage industry ready for some sort of licensing? Oh, yeah. I've been telling Vin, uh, Vin Brun, so wow, I can't even talk, I think, right now. All my thoughts went away with the original conversation. But yeah, Vin Bruno, <laughs> I've been telling him this, that we need the structure at this point. We need to have something that labels us as professionals, um, something that separates us from this and them. You know, at this point, that we don't have anything, and we need some kind of licensing. Why not? You know, if they did it for the security guys, and they did it for electricians over hundreds of years or whatever it's maybe been why can't we get it i think we're at that point we have grown we're in everyone's home and even contractors plan on putting us in their homes uh as a pre-built 